0: back to the Battery Power Podcast Network. This is the podcast to be named later. I'm Chris Willis, your host, and I'm joined uh, by my co-host, Stephen Talbert. Uh, Stephen, how are you doing tonight?
1: What's up, Chris? It's good to be back on with you, buddy. Yeah, it's been a, um, you know, it's been kind of a a down stretch for the team this this past few days. They've lost four or five. You know, anytime you go out West, you don't really know what's going to happen. So you go four and four total on the trip. Obviously, it's disappointing when you win the first three to lose four of the last five, but... Still a four and four trip. Luckily the Mets are sucking just as bad as the Braves are these days. So it hasn't hurt too bad. But it's good to be on back with you and talk talk a little bit about it.
0: Yeah, it's been a what I call an exhausting trip. I hate these late West Coast trips in the season. It seems like it, it throws all our schedule off. Um, you know, and trying to uh trying to get content up and, and with the late start times and everything, just kinda it's kinda tough. I think it's tough for fans to follow too, but you know, I it just felt like it was just exhausting. Um you know, like you said, I think Brian Snickers said today after the game that, you know, anytime you can go out west and come home 500, that's pretty good. But as you m- pointed out, it's it's tough when you lose four of the last five, um, you know, especially especially kind of the way they did lose it. Um, dropped a 4-1 game today to the Giants. Uh, just not much offense. Uh, I think they had, let's see, they had six hits. Robbie Grossman had three of them. You know, uh, it's just coming. you got to hope that, that Thursday's off day. And then coming home will uh, rejuvenate them a little bit. The top of the order is really dragging them down. It's 0 for 16 uh, in Wednesday's game. And, you know, as you and I was just talking about before we started recording, you're just not going to win many games when you're one through four, you know, or going hitless. Uh, you know, it's just I feel like the bottom of the order's kind of kind of propped them up on this road trip in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, especially a guy like Michael Harris and, you know, Von Grissom and, and others. But, you know, it's just been the offense has just been inconsistent. And it's been a while really since we've been able to say that. You know, I mean a lot of one run performances on this trip or, you know, losing uh three to two or you know, it was just it's kind of uh it just felt like an exhausting trip. It felt like they were they were just kind of grinding their way through it but uh you know what do you what do you think about the um just looking at the at the top of the order you know their struggle, recent struggles you know i mean I, I know it's baseball but you know is it is it concerning going into these last few weeks
1: you don't want to overreact because it is a west coast trip and it's the end of a west coast trip and you know also seattle and san francisco are are two pretty good teams right? I mean, they have good pitching. Seattle specifically has really good pitching. I was really impressed with Seattle overall. They just looked like a really good club. But yeah, it's been a rough stretch for the top four guys. And, you know, it looked like Dansby might be coming out a little bit. He's homered in the last two series. He homered in game one in Seattle, and then he homered last night, obviously, in San Francisco. So he's at least doing a little bit. But yeah, the other three guys are really struggling. And, you know, Acuna and Olsen specifically have just had this kind of really rough September that it's just been, you know, had it gone the other way, they, their seasons really could have turned around. And, and unfortunately it's gone kind of the bad way where they've really struggled in September. And listen, the Braves need these guys. I mean, I, you know, you, you can't live off the bottom of the order forever. You, you have to have your stars play like stars when, when it matters most. And, and so, you know, it's a long trip. It's the West coast. So you kind of chalk it up to that and hopefully getting home and getting sleep in your own bed and, normal hours and normal scheduled, and the offense will kind of wake up a bit. But, yeah, the Braves need their top four guys. I mean, there's just no getting around that.
0: Uh, you know, Ronald, Ronald had a two-hit game, uh, two straight two-hit games. He went 0 for 4 today. Uh, yeah. Played right played right field for the first time uh, in 12 games. Uh, he'd been DH, uh, but he was back in the outfield today. I thought that was a good sign. Uh, I think in the last five, I was looking at this today, he'd picked up three stolen bases. So that kind of made me think that maybe he was feeling a little bit better. You know, I I don't expect him to just go back to the outfield every single every single game from here on out. But I do expect them to kind of keep him keep him out there, keep him fresh, uh, you know. And then we see him back out there in the postseason. Uh, but it is good when they can get him back out there, as you and I talked about the other day. I mean, it keeps if they're going to play Ozuna, you want him to be at, at the DH and not uh, not in left field. And uh, you know, Robbie Grossman had a good road trip. You can't say that about a lot of guys. But he and Eddie Rosario both really uh, started come around. A little bit. So, you know, hopefully you can carry some of those positives in. Got a six game homestand coming up, the Phillies Nationals. You know, Phillies are fighting for a wild card positioning as well. So, you know, uh, your Braves are going to miss Zach Wheeler. He's still on the injured list. Uh, The Phillies hadn't actually announced their starters yet, but I'm pretty sure they're going to see Aaron Noah over the weekend. So it's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination, but it's feel like getting this team back in the, getting them back home in front of their home crowd maybe it'll energize them a little bit. They just look, it looked a little run down. And I mean, you know, they've been chasing the Mets now since, um since April. I mean, and I think, you know, I think history's shown that's, that can be taxing, you know, trying to run a team down like that. So, you know, hopefully they can get things back together.
1: Yeah. And the only other thing I'll say to that is the wild card, the, the top wild card spot is pretty much locked up. Right. So, I mean, it's not officially locked up, but the Braves have like a nine game lead or something with 20 to play. So it's effectively locked up. So this stretch of games is really about the division, right? That's where, that's where it matters the most is who's going to win the division. And so, you know, even though the Braves did not play well, these last five games, you know, the Mets didn't play well either. So you know, if the Mets lose tonight, and I think they're losing pretty big right now, then the Braves actually come home closer to the Mets than when they left on this West coast trip. They, when they left, they were a game back. And if, I think if the Mets lose tonight they're just half a game back so you know they didn't play well and that stinks you could have taken advantage of the fact that the Mets didn't play well but you know if you go out west for for 10 days or whatever it was and you come back and you know the deficit you had in the division is smaller than when you left then you can't really be that upset about it so um, we appreciate all the Cubs are doing that's for sure but yeah the Braves are the Braves still have everything in front of them they're they're fine.
0: You know it was a a pretty big storyline about how easy the Met schedule was down the stretch, and you know this this little stretch by them is just showing just you know baseball's unpredictable yep. um you know they're struggling
1: small samples
0: right I mean they've struggled they dropped they dropped a series to the nationals, they lost a game to Pittsburgh Cubs are on the verge of uh, possibly sweeping them depending on what happens tonight. You just never know you know, and i mean it, it, when I'm looking at the brave schedule, those games against the nationals scare me to death you know, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways. I mean, they really do. And I mean, and even, you know, even today I was thinking about the possibility of those last three games in Miami, you know, who can throw out, you know, Sandy Alcantara Alcantara and, uh, um, you know, that pitching staff. And I mean, the Braves have handled the Marlins pretty good, but you know, you know how, you know, how it can be in a three game series, anything can happen. So.
1: Especially, especially if they're coming off, you know, if they like sweep the Mets and yeah. You know, went to a three and, and they got a big high and they still got to close it out in Miami. That 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 could be a pretty easy letdown series.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a good uh, opportunity to uh, you know, uh bash the owners and everybody over the lockout again if if that happens. Yeah, so exactly. Exactly. um you know, one of the things I, I tweeted uh Sunday night uh when they were playing the, the Mariners um in that last game, it was like almost like I I said that they kind of looked like the a team that was on the last game of the road trip. And uh, the only problem was they still had three games left. You know, they had a stop in San Francisco, but and then that ninth inning happened. You know, uh, Michael Harris, Robbie Grossman hit homers, and uh, you know they actually take the lead. And then uh, unfortunately, you know, Kenley Jansen gave it up. Uh, it seems like if you're if you're a topic on this show for two weeks in a row, something bad's happening. Um, yeah, you know, and then and this is the second time Kenley showed up on this rundown in, the, you know, in a couple of weeks. He did he did have a scoreless inning uh, um, Tuesday night in the in the win over the Giants in a non-save situation. Did give up a, a hit, I think. I, I saw that. It wasn't a perfect inning. So, you know, I, I'm getting a lot of call. I know your Twitter looks the same as mine. You know, a lot of people want, you know, Kenley out of that job and everything. And I'm just remembering you know, this time last year, it was the same thing. And, um, and we saw how that turned out. So I'm not really expecting any changes. Maybe, you know, maybe Iglesias or Minor get a, a save opportunity or two here, uh, every now and then. But, you know, I'm not expecting Kenley to lose his closer's job anytime soon. Uh, I'd be surprised if that happened. Uh, but you know, how do you see it? What do you, what do you see about Kenley right now? That's just, you know, it, that's the, the flaw, but also do you think, uh, you think they're gonna, you know, they're making, how bad would he have to struggle to, you know, to lose his job?
1: I mean, that's the question we, we asked last year and we've been asking for the last few, you know, last couple of weeks, at least with Kinley. is like, how bad would it have to get? What's the, you know, theoretically, what's the, what's the line where Snit finally makes the call? And it is a big call. Listen, when you, when you're in September and you're a playoff team and you're about to start the playoffs, changing your closer who's been the closer all year is a big deal. I mean, let's not pretend like it's not, it's a big deal. It shakes up the clubhouse. It affects everybody. You know, the entire bullpen gets turned upside down and you really want to do that two weeks before the playoffs start. Right. So that's a fair question. And it's, a, it's at least fair to say that, you know, for SNIT, it's not just a matter of pushing a button and, and then everything going back to normal. Right. It's, it's a, it's a seismic decision. And so I understand weighing it very carefully and listen, we know SNP, he he is not gonna move Kenley out of that rose that closer spot. He's just not gonna do it. I don't Kenley would have to probably blow three or four in a row if we're asking how bad would it have to get. And I don't think Kenley's gonna blow three or four in a row because, you know, a lot of the numbers behind Kenley's season still look relatively good. You know, his his velocity is held all season. He's still striking out a bunch of guys, which helps. You know, it covers up a strikeouts cover up a lot. The problem mainly are the walks. His command has just left him kind of in the second half and you know he's he just has a hard time pitching a clean inning and he's so slow to the plate that once he gets gives a, or puts a runner on base you know that guy almost automatically goes to second and now you're in a you know if you're trying to close out a one run game well now you're right in the middle of the soup just because you've got a guy in scoring position and you know he's giving up some home runs he's you know he's not really a ground ball guy so he doesn't get a lot of double plays so when he gets men on base you know it gets very hairy very quickly and so you know, that's kind of where he is right now in his career. And it's not really going to change. I mean, he's not going to speed up until a pitch clock comes and tells him he has to speed up. He's not going to speed up. You know, he's not going to change the style of pitcher that he is. He throws pretty much a cutter and a slider and that's it. And, you know, if that's not working, then, you know, you just start praying because there's really not a backup plan. And and the one thing I would like to see from Snit is a little bit quicker of a hook if things aren't going well, right? There's been some times where he could have potentially gotten Kinley out before it really got you know, all the way bad. Kinley's going to get the opportunity to save the game. That's just how it is. And Snit's loyal to a fault. That's why his players love him so much. But, you know, Kinley's going to get the chance to save the game. But the only thing I would ask is, and Snit's better about this in the playoffs, but be quick with the hook. You know, you can kind of tell pretty early with Kinley if he has it or not. And, you know, listen, all of this is relevant because the Braves have another competent closer on the roster. I mean, Iglesias is on the roster as a, I mean, he's a big time closer. Like it's not, like the Braves don't have another option. This is not just a scenario where Kenley is the best of a bunch of bad options. They've they've got more options. And so that's going to, you know, that's really what it's going to come down to. Kenley's going to be the guy. Snit's not going to pull him. It's too big of a decision to make too close to the playoffs. And, you know, it did work last year. I, I don't like using last year as the reason to do it this year, just because last year was so improbable that it, it almost makes it happening again this year, even less likely, but you know, we know Snit's mo, and he's not gonna he's not gonna pull Kenley at this point. So it's you know the Braves are gonna kind of live and die with him at closer, and we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, and that's um uh, you know it's a good point too. And I think the only situation where it kind of get it kind of gets hairy is like if you if Minors gets the seventh, the Glacius gets the eighth, and then you've got Jansen in the ninth. But if one of those two guys hasn't pitched, you know, in the game, and Jansen starts the ninth, I think it'd be good to have one of them warm warming. Uh, you know, like you said, that's a good point. You know, I think you're just gonna have to ride it out. I, I think he worked on some things, you know, he had the two straight clean appearances. Granted, they were, I think it was against Oakland and maybe the first Seattle game. You know, I think he's trying to throw more strikes. I think that's something he's talked about a lot. And, uh, you know, he just hung that, hung that slider to uh, Rodriguez and, uh, you know, and he hit it out and yeah, that's what good players do. You know, you, you gotta put them away like that. So, you know, the thing I like about Kenley is he's been accountable. You know, every time he's blown a save, you know he's he's there waiting. You know, when the media is waiting on him, he always comes out. We can't haven't always been able to say that in the past. You know, he's been through these before. He kind of lost the. Uh, I think there was a period last year where he kind of lost the uh, closer's job for the Dodgers, or they kind of took him out of that role for a week or two, and then he finished it. You know, finished with it. So you know, he's been through this. Uh, if anybody can come out of it, he's got the experience to do it. So you know, I expect it to still be a hot button topic, though, as we as we head into these last crucial games. You know, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be there every single time he comes out there, though. <laughs> Another interesting thing that happened on the on the road trip, uh, you know, Kyle Wright had a rough rough outing in Oakland. I mean, never looked comfortable. I think you you know I think you even are a Slack you know mentioned it. Somebody mentioned it about the you know he didn't look like he had good grip on the mound or whatever but you know he gave up eight runs four innings and i think it was the first time in like seven or eight starts that he hadn't given them at least six innings you know which is notable uh, especially given you know his past and that it just speaks to how good he's been this season and then um know pitched against uh wasn't sharp again against san francisco uh needed 50 pitches to get through the first two innings uh but he did you know he did turn it around the braves gave him a lead and you know he gutted his way through five innings only gave up the one run and and tuesday the only game they won in san francisco you know i, I know there, there was talk about i think it was justin toscano had uh had talked to kyle after the game he kind of said his arm he felt like his arm was dragging some in oakland uh you know his term he's already they already gave him a few extra days of rest. Uh, One earlier this season was due to some arm fatigue, you know, and I mean, he's, you know, he's locked a ton of innings and, you know, he's, he's been critically important. You know, are you concerned at all about him over the, uh, down the stretch here? Uh, You know, I think it's, uh, you know, it'd be tough to see him. You want to see him finish strong. But I wouldn't be really shocked if they don't try to maybe, I don't know, if they try to give him an extra couple of days at some point over these next couple of weeks just to kind of catch his breath again. Um, you know, I think it's we're getting to that point of the season, you know, and, uh, you know, they really need Kyle Wright for the playoff.
1: Yeah, they do, um, especially with Charlie Morton, you know, looking, you know, a little suspect lately. You know, having having Kyle still be solid would obviously be a bonus. But, yeah, I mean, the innings are definitely a concern. You know, last year with – he was in AAA all of last year. I think he threw like 130 innings last year for AAA Gwinnett. I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's – I remember looking it up. It's like 130 or 140 innings, something like that. And, um, you know, this year he's already almost at 170. So the innings innings do matter, and he's never gotten to this level before. He's never pushed it to this point, and how he looks – coming down the stretch, you know, the innings are going to play a big part of it. And he does, he did look tired and, you know, you never know if that's a one start thing or if that's a, you know, a little bit more serious, you know, he's had a couple of bouts of dead arm that, where they pushed him back a couple of starts to give him extra rest. And I think it's probably related, you know, it's not a coincidence that he's, he's pitched more innings this year than he ever has before. And he's, you know, dealing with a a little bit of some dead arm, but man, Kyle Wright's been so good. He's been so, so good this year. He's been so consistent pitching six innings. It seems like every start and he's really, you know, Ian Anderson having the season that he's had, you know, Kyle Wright's emergence has really filled that gap that Ian left when he's had his struggles. And, you know, so the Braves need Kyle Wright. I mean, just think about how many big games Dean Anderson pitched for the Braves last year. And those are essentially going to Kyle right now. So yeah, the Braves need him. I'm not, you know, I, I was happy to see him bounce back a little bit against San Francisco, you know, he battled. That's not a great lineup over there, so that's that's obviously a, a factor. But still, Oakland's not a great lineup either, and he struggled there. So, you know, to see him bounce back against San Francisco was good. Um, I do think it's so tough because the Braves, you know, they're in this – Razor thin division race and every win and loss matters. You'd love to get to a scenario where you could rest him a little bit, maybe every every time to the rotation. And they do have Kyle Muller and they have you know Bryce Albert that they could try to get spot starts when you're playing the Nationals or the Marlins or something. So they might try to do something. But Kyle Wright's a huge piece of this team and they need him to be good. And you know it's going to be very interesting nice to see how these young guys do kind of their first time through September and October and. You know that's gonna that's gonna really tell a large part of the story about how the rest of the year goes for the Braves. I've
0: got the numbers in front of me. Uh, He threw 137 innings for Gwinnett last year and six six and a third for Atlanta. So you know, basically 143 innings um, in 2021. He's at 164 right now. Okay. So you know that's pretty. You know that's pretty. uh, pretty increased uh, workload. He met, started twenty six games total last year. He's uh, he's already made twenty seven starts here this season. So you know it's going to be interesting to watch him. I mean, all the talks been about Spencer Strider and his innings. Um, but you know, I think you're seeing it a little bit with Kyle Wright, maybe even Charlie Morton. You know, yeah. who's who's off season. You know, I don't. He's not shown any ill effects with that with that leg. You know, but I mean, we don't know how exactly. You know, how much his uh his off season was uh um affected by his rehab and then the lockout shortened spring training so you know it's, some, it's something worth keeping an eye on you you mentioned Ian Anderson we got a little bit of news on him today too he's unfortunately he suffered an oblique injury that's probably going to keep him out for what I saw was at least four weeks that's going to effectively end his season I would think you know maybe if the Braves got deep and you know had an injury or two you know maybe he'd be a he'd be a possibility I don't know at this point it's just pretty much a lost season for Ian Anderson it's, it's disappointing and, and it just speaks to how important Kyle Wright was. If you remember, if you'll go back to spring training and remember, you know we had him, we had uh, Ian Anderson obviously penciled into the into the uh, the rotation, and Kyle Wright was the big question mark. You know, I mean, coming in, it was uh, he had that world the uh, appearances in the World Series, and he had the momentum coming through a good spring training, and but he was still the question mark. You know, we were hoping that he could he could um, lock down one of those spots. Remember, Oscar Yanoa was in there in that group too and uh you know Wright right took the opportun- seized the opportunity and uh you know he's 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 been one of their three best starters all season long and uh you know there wouldn't be they wouldn't be here today without um the progress he's made so you know it's pretty pretty huge and uh it's really good to see him uh, do this considering how bad he's how bad hes struggled you know since he made his major league debut
1: Well, and the Braves, the Braves have an interesting decision to make if they're in the wild card round and they only get three starts. And logic says that they would pick Max Fried, Spencer Strider, and Charlie Morton just because Charlie's got a lot more experience than Kyle Wright does. But, you know, if Charlie keeps struggling and Kyle Wright's pitching really well down the stretch, you know, if there's a, you know, let's just say hypothetically Kyle Wright, you know, looks really strong in his last three or four starts and Charlie Morton looks really shaky. You know, is there a scenario where Cal Wright would get that start over Charlie Morton if they had to go to a third game in a in a um, in a wild card round? I don't think so. I think they would still start Morton just because of the experience. But Cal Wright's, and this will be a whole separate conversation once we get to the playoff picture and it's a little bit more clear who they're playing. But there is a pretty interesting rotation conversation to be had.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we'll have that conversation uh, here sh- here uh, in the coming weeks for sure. You know, I wanted to talk about, you know, we talked about Spencer Strider, uh, a few weeks ago and how we thought he was kind of getting overlooked in the rookie of the year race. And then it's like Michael Harris, I said this, it seems like every time Strider has a, has a big start, you know, Michael Harris will have a big surge until Strider starts again. It's like, they've been seesawing back and forth, but you know, it kind of Harris has taken his game to another level in September and, um. You know, I kind of feel like he might be finally getting a little separation from Strider in this Rookie of the Year race. You know, I'm still amazed. You know, I mean, I was one of the I, just for a guy that had 43 games above high, you know, and or, or I think that was right. You know, he didn't have a he didn't have a, a large sample to, uh, size in Double A, and then to come to the majors and you know hold his own right away, and then take his game to another level. I mean, he's he's just continued to. Uh, to impress, and I mean, he had two homers in that game in Seattle that they blew in the ninth inning, uh, had a three-run shot in that ninth inning that gave, put him in position to, you know, to take the lead. So, I mean, it, I mean, can he? This guy do anything else? I mean, he's just been. I mean, and arguably, you know, you can make the case that you know he's right there with. We've talking about those front uh, first four guys in the order. You can argue that uh, Harris is as among as among that group already.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, Michael Harris has been. Since the day he came up, Michael Harris has been the best player on the team. Like, it's not even – I mean, Michael Harris has got a five-win season already, or right at a five-win season. And he came up in June. He came up June 1st, and he's had a five-win season. It's like an eight-win season over – that's like an eight-win you know, like eight pace over a full season. I mean, he's been the best player on the team since he's been up. He's got the highest WRC Plus on the team. He passed, you know, with Riley kind of going through this little uh, slump, and, and Harris – exploding in September. He's passed Austin Riley for the best OPS and WRC plus on the team. And you add in his defense, he's probably the best defensive player on the team. I mean, it's really not even an argument. I mean he's been the best player on the team this year. And that's wild for a 21-year-old who started the year in double A. And you know, we didn't even know if we'd see this year. I agree with you. I think he's probably I think he's gotten I think he's put himself in the lead for the rookie of the year. I do think there was a a minute there, you know, when Strider had that huge game against Colorado that 16 strikeout game I think Strider took it over for a few days but it's like Michael listened to us and heard us say that Strider was now the favorite and he just I mean he's exploded this kid is like you know we said we said it when Acuna came up like you know Acuna was a once in a generation kind of talent that you just don't see very often and I'll be damned if the Braves don't have another one. I mean, they have another Acuna-level prospect. I mean, that's where Michael Harris has put himself. Because he can play elite center field defense, He's he doesn't have to be a great hitter to be a great player. And on top of being a great defensive center fitter, it looks like he might be a great hitter. You know, that's when you get into the Acuna-trout-level players. When you're a great defensive player, you're a great base runner, and you're a great hitter. I mean, that's all there is. And so... I'm really excited. I do want to see him walk more. You know, that's the only thing. That's my only caveat is, you know, you gotta you gotta work on that on base percentage. You know, when when your when your bad bib's not three eighty, then you know you need something to boost up your on base percentage. And and how you do that is walks. So that's the only thing is, and he'll he'll get better at that as he gets older. Man, the power is so real. I just can't believe. It. I mean, he's he's gonna have a 30, 35 home run season very soon. If not next year, then maybe the year after. I mean, he's got legitimate big time power and that plus the defense plays up so much that you know if he gets that on base percentage up there with you know in the 380s 390s 400 I mean he's gonna he's gonna win MVPs I mean that's kind of that's the level and so it's just incredibly exciting I can't wait for Acuna to get healthy you know we should see it next year where they're both healthy and playing together and and we get to watch these two guys play every day it's going to be a treat yeah, the fact that the Braves have had two of these guys in in like a 5-year span is just wild. It doesn't happen. I mean, you go your entire life without seeing players like this on your team and the Braves have got two.
0: You wrote a good article today for the site and uh, if you haven't read it yet, I I'd ask everybody to go over there and check it out. But, you know, in baseball's like this. Uh you know, as I, but it was pretty startling when I was reading um reading through through it today just of of all the things that have happened, the players that have underperformed. And, you know, guys like Michael Harris, how my guys like Michael Harris, Will, uh, William Contreras, um, uh, Spencer Strider, how all these guys have come and filled the gap and, you know, and, and put, kept the team on a hundred win pace, you know, which is, which is amazing. And I mean, the only time I could think about it, uh, that 2020 season, looking at that rotation, uh, you know, I was thinking about that, you know, when, you know, Fulty made one start and got, uh, you know, got DFA'd. And then, you know, Sean Newkin, they was just ravaged with injuries, but still somehow made the playoffs. But that's a short season. You know, that's a 60-game season. And when you to see you listed out today, it was, you know, it's it's kind of eye-popping. And, I mean, we're in this situation now where it's just like uh, they get behind a run and I'm getting tweets that like, well, it's just, you know, they, they had their chance and now they've missed it. You know, and I'm like, there's eight innings left. But, you know, you're in this situation now where it seems like every single win or loss – You know, it just swings the season. But, you know, as you pointed out, I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs. And when you look at the whole body of work, everything that they've overcome to have a chance to be the best team in this run of postseason appearances the have the most wins of any of those teams, you know, it's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, it was, I thought you did a good job of, uh, of of show illustrating that, you know, because I think it's easy to forget, you know, I mean, if you, I've said this, you know, I'd said, if you'd have told me in April that Michael Harris was going to have more home runs than Ronald Acuna and the Braves were going to be on a hundred win pace this year, you know, you could have won my car and my house because I wouldn't have never believed it. And, uh, You know, so it's just been a, it's been an unbelievable season from that regard. And, but that's what good teams do. They plug, you know, they, they, when somebody underperforms, they plug people in. And, uh, you know, and I think that's, I think that's where you, you really look at this team and you see how they can separate themselves from some of the other contenders in the, in the, in the league.
1: I was thinking about this article. Last night I was I we me and you were doing a bunch of stuff for the podcast. We were testing a bunch of stuff and I just had some notes and I just kinda went down the list of you know, Matt Olson's, you know, had a probably a disappointing year relative to his projections coming into the year. Acunas had a down year with the injuries. Ozzy's obviously had a down year and then got hurt. Duval had a down year, then got hurt. Rosario's had a down year. Got hurt. Azuna's just had a down year altogether. Ian Anderson got demoted. Charlie Morton's having a down year. Luke Jackson got hurt. Tyler Matzik's having a down year. Will Smith's having a down year. Kinley's having an up and down year. Like I just kept going down. This was like holy hell. Like that's like that's like half the damn team. Like whew. that's like all of the big guys, you know. Other than Riley and Swanson, like and Max Freed, like that's that's everybody. And yet the Braves are still they're you know they're gonna finish with they already have the same number of wins as they had all of last year. Like they're already at 88 wins. They had 88 wins to end the year last year. And this team is probably going to win more games than any other one in the Anthopolis era. And, you know, it just speaks to what these kids have done It speaks to what Michael Harris has done. It speaks to what Spencer Strider has done, what Kyle Wright has done. You know, we want to make sure we give credit to the veterans. You know, Riley and Swanson have have really carried a lot of the offensive load. Max Fried has been as good as he always is. And so that matters and that's helped, but these kids have really come up and filled the gaps where, you know, other veterans that the Braves were depending on, you know, have really struggled. And, and like you said, that's what good teams do. You know, you know, you have a William Contreras in your farm system when you lose a catcher for the year that you can call up and basically just keep on chucking. You have a Vaughn Grissom, you know, when you lose Ozzy Albies, you, you know, you have a Michael Harris when you need, you know, when you desperately need defensive outfield help and, you know that's what good teams do that's what that's what good organizations do and that's what the Braves have done and it is pretty stark when you list it all out and you kind of read it all you're like man how in the world are they doing this and doing it better than they've done at any point in since Anthopolis came on board so yeah you know and i i think they're going to you know i i really do think they're going to get to either 100 wins or 98 99 i mean they really don't even have to play that well they they only need 12 more wins to get to 100 and they got 20 games left so right 12 and 8 is more than doable for this squad.
0: Yeah, I think so and uh I mean like it's just it's just amazing when you see it, it see it listed out. So I would I would tell everybody if you know if you haven't read it yet go over there and take a look at it because you know it'll kind of it'll kind of put the season in 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 perspective. Um you know in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, you just look at the rotation uh you know uh, with you Noah, know, uh, Noah's out, Tommy John surgery now, Ian Anderson got demoted. I mean, it's just, just fascinating that they've been able to overcome some of this, some of these things and, uh, you know, move forward. One other thing, you know, we, we spent a large segment on the rule changes last week and those were, uh, announced officially to my surprise. And I think you're surprised too. The two throw over limit, uh, made it in. So, you know, the stolen, I, I would say that's going to bring, going to have a pretty pretty significant effect on the game next year. I would expect the stolen base to come back. I will I don't know to what what degree, but I mean I would say if you're Ronald Acuña and or Michael Harris and you can get those two throws throw overs uh if you can draw those two throws um uh, that you're going to be off to the races after that because you're going to be able to get a giant, gigantic lead and jump, you know, as far as it goes. So I'm not 100% sure how it's going to go. I laid all my uh, frustrations out about the shift. I've read some things this week. Maybe I've softened a little bit. I still don't like the idea that we had to get to this point. But the the thing I, I wanted to touch on tonight that we didn't we mentioned last week. We didn't really go into it. But you know I've read a lot of stuff to, uh, this uh, about how the uh, people that think the pitch clock how it's going to affect velocity and looking at the some of these uh, the relievers and the amount of time they take between. Uh, you know, between pitches and stuff. Uh, I think it is going to be, it's going to be significant. I, I'm wondering, you know, how much it affects free agency. Probably not much, but still, you know, we we were just talking about a guy like Kenley, who's one of the slowest, slowest uh, to the plate, you know, between pitches uh, in the, in the league. And, um, you know, I, I just wonder how that's going to, how that's going to affect, uh, you know, th- the picture going forward.
1: Yeah. You know, Eno, Eno Saras of the Athletic, who's one of the best baseball writers in the world, um, was talking about this about you know, velocity comes from from max effort, and max effort comes from being able to kind of catch your breath in between each pitch and and take your time before you throw the next one. And obviously with the pitch clock, you're not gonna have as much time as you used to. And and can guys still throw max effort in those conditions? I, it was essentially his thesis. And it's been supported by some some coaches around the league that kind of agree that you know with pitchers having to move quicker and, and not have as much time to catch their breath in between pitches what we see as many max effort pitches as we do now and so you know it's it's definitely a viable theory um, I definitely see a world where velocity for the first time in a long time maybe drops a little bit um, and that would certainly help things out for the hitters you know the shift is obviously going to help things out for the hitters. Um, stolen bases are going to go up by about four thousand percent because you know you can only throw over twice. And Ronald Acuna, my, Ronald Acuna, and Michael Harris might have one hundred and fifty steals between them. I mean, honestly, like I don't, I still don't understand how this rule got added. I mean, once you once you throw over twice, like guys can take twenty foot leads if they want to because you can't throw over anymore. So uh, yeah, it it should be good for the offense. It might be too far, you know when you add them all together, it might be too far in the other direction. and Offense might explode next year and they have to pretty quickly adjust. I don't think that stolen base rule is going to be in for long. That's just so bad. I can't, I think they're going to realize very quickly how bad of an idea that is, but yeah, I agree with you or yeah, I agree with Eno that we could definitely see a drop in velocity with guys not being able to, you know, take as long in between pitches, catch their breath and, and might have to back it down a little bit when it comes to velocity.
0: Yeah, and I mean, just for example, you know, I think, you know, like looking at the, the timings, and I, I saw that there was something that maybe the baseball spot uh, wasn't exactly the ratings on there, the timings wasn't exactly what you would see next year exactly. But I mean, for example, Jesse Chavez was is the fastest to the plate for the Braves currently, and um, he was just under the threshold, if you're kind of curious as to how much – how much difference that's going to make? So you know, pitchers going to have to train for it. You know, they're going to spend uh, their whole offseason, you know, uh, trying to get through it. And I mean, some of them will adapt fine, but you know, I think for a lot of guys, you know, especially a lot of older guys or, or what, uh, you know, it might be a it might be a tough transition.
1: Yeah, Kenley's Kinley's going to have to retire. Like I I don't even know I I don't know how I don't know what he's going to do because he's he's the slowest guy I've ever seen. So I don't he's either going to have to completely change who he is or he might just have to call it a quits. All right. And we're back with another um, segment of our Twitter mailbag. We started this segment last week um, to a, I think it was pretty successful. We had some really good questions last week. And um, so we just kept it going this week. And, you know, I'm, there's a lot of questions here that we could probably wait and save for post-season because a lot of them are about post-season. So I'm going to do that. I'm not going to jump into any of the postseason stuff because I think we're going to have a lot of content on that. So Chris, I'm going to ask you a couple of these questions. Um, I've got a couple of good ones. I've got one really good one that I know I'm going to ask. And so, all right, this one comes from, okay, here it is. It says, if you could take all the good players from Miami, Washington and Philadelphia. So you can take those three teams You can pick all the good players off those three teams. Could you build a team good enough to compete with the Braves and the Mets?
0: I think so. If you could take – I mean, Washington obviously is not going to give you a whole lot um, at this point, uh, but you do have a couple of young guys there that I like in Luis Garcia and uh, maybe C.J. Abrams down the road. But, uh, you know, I think that Phillies team – I mean, if you you assemble a pitching staff that's got Zach Wheeler, Sandy Alcantara, uh, Aaron Nola – and then you know, I really like I kind of like what I've seen from Edward Cabrera too in Miami. I mean, you know, that's a pretty good starting starting point there. So yeah, I think you I think you could uh, even with Nationals uh, dragging it down a little bit. Bullpens probably would be the toughest part of that. Maybe without looking at the numbers, the Nationals might have the better bullpen and all that. I don't know Phillies. Phillies is better since they get after the trade deadline, but I think it's possible. But you know, the fact that we can even ask that question says. Says speaks volumes. I think you know, uh, especially when you look at the Phillies, and I mean they're in they're in wild card hunt. I think pretty pretty safely. You know they're going to be in the in the postseason. So that's a that's a pretty interesting question.
1: Yeah, I I mean just the fact that you can have Nola Wheeler and Alcantara as your one two three in your rotation alone, I think gives you a team that can compete with anybody. And then you have Bryce Harper. You know you have yeah. Kyle Schwarber. I mean, yeah, you know, JT Realmuto. Like, yeah, like if you could just pull every, all the good players out of those three teams, you could absolutely build a team that could compete with the Braves and probably one of the best team, probably maybe the best team in baseball. Honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like the Phillies are that bad a team. I know, no. you know, I know we, no. I know we make fun of them sometimes, especially with their defense and stuff. But you know that that teams that team's pretty good, and I mean they've hung in this they've hung in the picture, you know, all season long. And, I mean, honestly, they're going to play a big part in whether the Braves win or lose this division, you know, because they, I think they play them six more times, you know, over the next couple of weeks. And, I mean, those are not going to be – those are not just going to be throw your hat out there and win. So, yeah, I think if, you know, Nationals' roster is really stripped down. But, you know, if you pulled a couple of guys from there and then, you know, I think Miami's got a ton of young talent, yeah, I think you'd have a really good – a pretty good team. Pretty good competitive yeah. team for sure,
1: and that question came from uh at Howie Los Bravos, by the way. So, thank you, Howie Los Bravos, for that question. All right, next one. Um, and I got a couple of these, or you know, more than one person asked, so I'll ask you if you could set up your lineup, you know, if you were Brian Snicker and you could set the lineup any way you wanted to with current players, and you could throw an Aussie in there since he's about to come back. If you could set it up any way you wanted to, how would you set it up?
0: Uh, I don't think I would go very different. You know, I was a big fan of hitting Matt Olsen second. But obviously, you know, kind of the way the performance it happened, you know, I was fine with dropping him down in the order. I mean, it's kind of the same situation that was with Josh Donaldson a few years ago. I kind of liked having him behind Acuna, too. But, you know, the way the offense didn't really take off till they moved him to the cleanup spot. Um, that's a good question, though. I think, uh, you know, I think when I was thinking about Ozzy, honestly, and I think, you know, you, when coming back, he's going to hit probably sixth or seventh. Uh, I would probably go. I probably wouldn't be that much different than what Snickers done. I think the, the tricky thing is trying to figure out where Michael Harris goes. I would love to see at some point a Ronald Acuna, Michael Harris, one, two in the order, um, you know, but Dansby's played well enough and has hit well enough that, you know, I, I probably wouldn't move him out of the two hole this year, but, you know, depending on what happens and during this off season, you know, we could go into next season with Harris hitting second. And, uh, you know, that's, I, I always like the Acuna Albies, uh, you know, one, two, just because, you know, when those two guys are going, it just seems like, it seems like they're coming up every inning, and, and it just drives opponents crazy. So I probably wouldn't be that much different than what they're doing right now. I, hitting hit no Zuna, you know, hitting no Zuna at all, uh, kind of. Kind of is is tough, but you know I kind of like where they're at. Uh, Maybe they're hitting Darno. Darno's. We didn't mention him earlier uh, as far as the veterans, and he's had a huge year. I don't know that I'd like I like him hitting fifth. But I don't know that I've got a better answer either. You know, having him or Contreras fifth seems to have worked out pretty well. And then, you know, it's just Harris Grissom and, you know, whatever you're going to do in the outfield that day. So I, I probably wouldn't be that much different than what they're doing right now. Um, but I would like to ask me this question again during the off season because uh, once we see, you know, if, if if Swanson's not back or, you know, maybe even if Swanson is back, you know, you could look at a lot of different combinations.
1: I think I agree with you. I don't think I would make any sweeping changes. Um, I, would give, I would give guys days off. That's a whole separate conversation. But, um, yeah, I don't think – the only thing you could probably talk about is maybe flipping Riley and Olsen. I think Riley did better in the four-hole and Olsen did better in the three-hole, but that's probably just splitting hairs, honestly. So, I – I really wouldn't change the lineup that much, uh, though I do agree with you next year. I think Michael Harris is going to hit second. All right, last one. And with the news coming out today, this one felt appropriate because, you know, it is a, fa- it is a valid question. Um, this comes from Robert Mosley. It says, with Ian Anderson's inconsistency, his, his recent injury, and how potentially crowded the rotation is going to be next year, do you worry about Ian's long-term position with the team?
0: I mean, you, I think you got. I think I'm more concerned about it now than I would have been. Um, honestly, I mean, I'm not giving up on him though. It seems like a lot of people have. Uh, you know, I don't feel like Ian's been quite the same uh, since that shoulder surgery, shoulder injury last year that ended up costing him. I think about a month and a half. Pitched pretty well at times in the playoffs, but you know, it was a little bit of what we saw this year and uh i think the sh- i think he was the pitcher that came to camp that the shortened spring really looked like it affected him you know and i don't he he kept saying he said there wasn't nothing anything physically but i remember i think i remember his velocity being down a little bit yeah. it just seems like he's been chasing something all year it, you know maybe this maybe this oblique things a good thing for him maybe it shuts him down it it starts him you know it gets ready to start his off season and then he comes back in but uh, you know i'm not I know, you know, we've we've talked a lot about him, and we've talked about the concerns with him, and he really needs another pitch that he can go from. But I think that's something that he's got to, once he's healthy, he's got to look at, you know, this off season and stuff. But you know, he showed, you know, if when he can command that fastball and that changeup, you know, he was it was pretty devastating. I mean, he had some dominant uh, dominant outings in the postseason, pitched some big innings. So I'm not giving up with, on him yet. But I think it's the same. You know, with pitchers, it's just different. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be, you know, I don't think you can just grab a guy and hold on to him forever. You've got to kind of see what the results are because you know, sometimes they lose it and they just don't ever get it back. And I mean, you can look back over the years and you you see it, you know. You know, they'll it's just it's just different for guys. And especially, you know, I don't I'm just speculating when I talk about that shoulder injury last year, but you know, it seems like sometimes, you know, Elbows and, and whatnot, they can fix, but when you hurt the shoulder, you know, sometimes they're never the same, you know, and I don't, and I may be completely wrong on that, but, you know, it, it, it's, I think it's a little at least worth mentioning when you look at how he's pitched since that injury. So, you know, I'm pulling for him. I think he's one of the good guys on the team. Uh, but yeah, I would, I, I would be slightly concerned, but I wouldn't want to ride him off without seeing what he looks like next year. You know, I think he's got a good chance to open the season and the rotation again.
1: You know, I've thought I've thought before that maybe Ian would do better with a manager who's more strict about the third time through the order rule than Snit is. You know, I think one of the reasons Ian pitches so well in the playoffs is because – you know no starters really allowed to go a third time to the order in the playoffs just because you know it's a it's a much shorter season and you can be much more aggressive with your bullpen in the postseason and i think that's why ian pitches so well in the postseason because he he's basically just a two times to the order and then he's out you know i do wonder if he was on a team that did that more in the regular season if he, if if it would help him more snits not going to do that he's very he's been very adamant about you know, you have to push your starters so you can save your bullpen for the postseason. You know, you can disagree with that if you want. There is some validity to it, but I will be very interested to see what they do in the offseason when it comes to the rotation. You know, Charlie Morton's, you know, there's a there's an option for Charlie Morton. There's been talk about DeGrom. What, where does Ian fit into all of that? It's going to be interesting, but I mean, he's only 24. We forget that because he's been around for so long, but, you know, he's 24 years old. He's still got quite a bit of time in front of him. So I agree with you. I wouldn't write him off just yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, like I said, it's an it's an interesting uh, discussion. And I mean, the rotation is going to be kind of fascinating. I mean, they didn't add anybody to it this year. You know, they kind of run it back and, uh, you know, ended yeah. up, ended up, like we were talking about earlier, you know, through attrition, you know, the the, the deck has changed a little bit. You got to like what you've seen out of guys like Bryce Elder and Kyle Muller. Uh, you know, I think they're going to push. I, I really don't know what else Kyle Muller has left to prove uh, at this point. Um, I think the f- interesting thing would be, will they sign a starter? Will they make a big splash? Will they make just a depth move? And I think a lot of that's going to depend on, you know, obviously what happens with uh, Morton and, uh, you know, yeah. when you go from there and what they do with the rest of the roster. But, you know, it, it, we were talking about today, you know, they really haven't made a huge splash for a starting pitcher yet. Um, right. And, uh, you know, Light's been a lot of one year deals, you know, and, and going with what they had and it's worked for them. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they, if they, um, you know, alter from that plan uh, going forward. So,
1: and they got to lock up Max Freed at some point. So,
0: yeah, yeah, you'd think, you would think, yeah, so. yeah, yeah you'd uh, think. So, you know, that's going to be interesting. I think that's one of the one of the more intriguing things. I, obviously, Dansby Swanson's situation is going to dominate the off season, but I think the I think the rotation um, is also. You know, I think I expect them to sign a reliever or two every year. You know, every every time, but uh, having a Glacius probably is your clothes are already penciled in i don't think the bullpen's quite as uh interesting this time as the rotation will be
1: yeah no so uh, Dansby the Dansby situation is one and then starting pitcher and left field those will be the those will be the interesting ones come come the winter
0: yeah and uh you know just just wrapping up right here um ozzy Albi's had five hits the other night i haven't checked on him tonight as we're recording this um I know the plan was for him to play nine innings, two straight days, and then they were going to see how he feels. I think there's a good chance we see him added to the active roster over the weekend. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I watched that five hit game, four of those was pretty soft contact. And then he turned around right handed and hit an absolute bomb to center field. So, right handed you know, Aussie. You know, so it was, but the thing that is intriguing to me, I saw, I saw one highlight from, uh, Thursday night, or well, I mean, Wednesday night, uh, where we were recording this, you know, a play where he went deep in, made a spin and threw to first. When I saw him go first to third, I saw him beat out an infield single the other night. So he looks like he's moving well and he looks like he's healthy. Uh, so that's a good thing. You know, it doesn't look like he's hampered by the injury or anything. So, um, you know, I think tonight, he
1: is, tonight he is one for four with a triple.
0: Okay. There you go. The wheels are, the wheels are there. So, you know, I think getting him back is going to, I think it'll 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 really maybe that'll be the jolt that they kinda yeah. need, you know, coming out of the I this actually road wouldn't
1: trip. I wouldn't be surprised if they did it for Friday, honestly. Yeah.
0: I, I'm 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 halfway expecting it, you know, Friday. Uh if it doesn't happen Friday, then I'm thinking maybe Monday. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? They only know. And if, if Ozzy comes out feeling if he comes out of tonight feeling good, you know, I'll be surprised if it's not Friday. So, you know, and that's gonna open up a lot of things, you know. Everybody's been talking about this Vaughn Grissom in left field. Um you know, I think maybe everybody's been talking about it so much that Robbie Grossman and Eddie Rosario is taking note because both of them have started hitting the ball uh, with a lot more uh, success than what we've been seeing. So, you know, it's just going to be a good situation. You know, I think they, I think that's the way to look at it. Um, you know, even somebody, you're just strengthening the bench uh, when you bring Ozzie back. And uh, you don't have to feel like you have to play him every single inning or every single game the rest of the way, too, because you've got a little bit of depth uh, with Grissom. And, you know, even Orlando Arcia, we haven't seen him. I know he's on the roster, but I hadn't seen him <laughs> since he came back. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play it down the stretch. Yep,
1: I agree.
0: All right, I think that's it for us. Uh, you know, we, we're not quite as long as last week, but we're – Pretty good. Uh, the Twitter mailbag. I appreciate everybody sending in questions. It's fun. Uh, I didn't get killed last week for any of my answers. Hopefully keep that streak going uh, this week. Uh, but uh, you know, it's always, that's a fun segment. So we're going to keep doing that. Um, Steven, you got anything else you want to say?
1: No, I I keep rem- keep trying to remind myself that I need to plug everyone else. Cause I, everybody else does such a good job of plugging for us that, that we, I feel like we come sometimes drop the ball. Yeah. They're going to be talking, they're
0: going to be talking about us. Uh, but, you know, yeah. cause we we're, we're probably not, but we're going to get a note one day from Brad about, you know, plug, plug the rest yeah. of the podcast network. Cause it's not just us, you know? It's so. not,
1: we have a whole, we have a whole network here. We've got four different shows. We've got, I mean, we, for a long time, we were averaging like a show a day on one of the, one of the four different shows we might still be averaging a show a day. I'm not sure, but yeah, we've got a ton of stuff obviously check out the the podcast network. We have a whole site. Chris runs. I don't know if people know this. Chris runs the whole site. So um, he's a busy man, but we have a whole site. We've got articles and recaps and, you know, previews and the whole, the whole shebang. So check everything out.
0: Yeah. And we were on the podcast, a little mo- more meta discussion. We're, getting getting close to planning our postseason um yeah you know, but you can you can bet that we're gonna have podcast content after every every postseason game from somebody whether it's uh steven and i or uh brad and uh scott and, or eric and the guys and uh sean sean does a good job every morning of uh wrapping everything up with a daily hammer in case you missed anything from the night before you can get caught up in about 15 minutes uh every morning so uh you know, we we appreciate all the all the listens the kind uh comments and uh, you know tell us what you like tell us what you don't like because uh, we'd like to we'd like to get better bigger and better uh, as we go along here so but I think that's gonna do us for this week um, you know and we'll we'll be back at same time same place next week.